welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, ML Roostrack. Reincarnation. Um, that is a true story that actually took place here in Atlanta back in the uh, late 1980s, and it's very well documented. Um, I, I renamed myself Emma as the protagonist in the story, but it's actually my true story. Um, that is amazing. So it's it's about my journey into um, Finding past lives, which I had never believed in. I mean, I had always, you know, you go on up here, the word reincarnation, and you don't really understand it. But then when Until very strange, troubling things started happening to me, um, it, I thought I was going crazy, and I went to a psychiatrist, and he said, you're not crazy, you need to work with a parapsychologist. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm sitting in this parapsychologist's office here in Atlanta, a licensed psychologist, and he asked me if he can uh, hypnotize me because my my right my left arm was paralyzed and I was in a lot of pain and I thought it was just going to be to try to ameliorate the pain and the paralysis. And next thing you know, I'm in this little town here in Georgia babbling about this little lady that I had been dreaming about all of my life. And I knew all about her. I knew her children and her husband was. I knew where she lived, what he did. And it scared the heck out of me because it wasn't my it wasn't my lifetime. It was prior to my lifetime, and it just really scared me. And so when I came out of the trance, he said, "Do you know who that little lady is?" And I said, "Absolutely not." But I'm terrified that somebody's soul has invaded my body because I don't understand this at all. He said, "I want you to go home and think about it for a week." Well, that was one of the worst weeks of my life because I kept thinking, "Oh my God, I'm possessed. I'm possessed. I'm crazy. I'm insane." Every negative thing you can think. I went back the next week, and he said, have you thought about who this little lady Margaret is? And I said, I'm terrified. I have no idea who she is. And then he asked me some real simple questions. He said, do you believe in eternal life? And I said, well, yes, I'm a Christian. I've always believed in eternal life of the soul. And he said, his next question was, well, where did your soul come from? And I said, well, I, I guess it entered my mother's womb when I was you know, before I was born. And he said, so it was created then? I said, well, I guess. He said, well, that's not eternal. Eternal means always was and always will be. And I said, hmm, well, that's true. So I said, so my soul was around before I was born. He said, well, if you believe in eternal life, it was. 
And I said, well, yeah, that's a good point. And then he said, and this question changed my life. He, then he said, so where have you been? And it was this aha moment. It was like, my soul's eternal. Where have I been? And then I realized that everything that I had been dreaming about this little lady since my very earliest memory was memories of my own past life. It's amazing how your mind works and how you can be in touch with something that you didn't even know existed before it came into your being. That's correct. And it it changes your life in very wonderful and very profound ways. For one thing, you find out you're not judgmental about other people at all because you realize everybody, everybody walking on the face of the planet is walking this path, whether they recognize it or not. For example, I, I worked for, had a client in Buckhead, and it was a contract. I, was, I do accounting in addition to writing. And he had a violent temper. And he told me one time, he said, I've been mad as long as I can remember. I'm, I'm never not mad. He said my very earliest memory is being mad at somebody. And I've because of my experiences with reincarnation, I immediately knew that he was having a past life experience. He probably died in a very tragic event and immediately reincarnated and brought the anger that created that death back with him. And his wife told me one time, she said, you understand him better than anybody that's ever known him. I thought, well, I see him for the eternal spirit that he is, and he's troubled. And think how much better the world would be if we would all recognize each other as eternal spirits that are walking a path to learn something. It would be a much better place than it is right now. Yes. You know, we could let go of judgment. We could let go of discriminations. We could, we oh, could let go you're dealing with that things. issue? Well, I what this issue, you know, ten, ten lifetimes ago. I know exactly how you feel. So, anyway, so I, it's a very long, complicated story because at the same time I was dealing with this paralysis in my arm. Uh, my husband was a contractor. Uh, he was doing business with a crooked bank back in the 80s. There was a lot of banking scandals. My family was caught up in it. Uh, it gets into environmental issues because we were fighting a landfill. So there's a lot of backstories with this walk I made. And so that's why I decided, I said, I need to write this story. And I originally wrote it for my children so that they would, would understand. My daughter was in her early 20s. My son was a late teenager. And I wanted them to understand these profound lessons that I had learned. And so I wrote, wrote it for them and put it on the shelf for t- over 20 years. And occasionally I'd share it with people. And a, a friend of my sister is a Hollywood producer, and she wanted to make a TV movie out of it. But, you know, 20 years ago it was too expensive because all the period pieces in it. Well, nowadays it wouldn't wouldn't cost anything with computers. You know, you could oh, yeah. easily generate the So I've always thought, oh, I'd make a great movie. We haven't had a good movie about Atlanta in almost 100 years. It's time to have a movie about Atlanta. <laughs> I wish so. Anyway, that's why I wrote the book could go ahead and do that for you because it sounds like a very interesting story and something that really would entertain people if they don't understand the meaning behind it. Right. And how 
so many people have these experiences every day and just don't recognize them. Let me give you, for instance, a really big issue that society is facing right now. That's the people with transgender problems. Most of them, yeah. I heard Bruce Jenner on a long interview on the, on TV a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's now called Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. And he said from his very earliest memory he wanted to be a girl. That's a past life. Yeah. How many people are suffering with their personal identity in this life because of a prior life? I know I did. I mean, good grief, it was unbelievable once I found out who Margaret was. I've got a picture of me at her grave. I mean, I even knew where this lady was buried. She passed away in 1942, and I was born in 1944. Wow. And this is what's interesting, because I've always, always loved children, especially babies. I started babysitting when I was 11 years old. Had to take care of babies. Had to be around the little folks. Margaret had 10 children in 18 years, and most of them did not survive childhood. Oh, that is so sad. But Who better at the same time, want to take care of the babies and the children. That's why I write about health and wellness for children. I write children's books, Halo's Glow and Mighty Me and the Rainbow Plate and Harmony's House, teaching children how to eat right and be healthy. So that dovetails perfectly into my past life. So when you start looking at the big picture, you see how all these pieces of the puzzle fit together. And I'm not unique. This is going on with everybody. They just don't recognize it. And I also see on your website, which is mar- MarjoriePhillips.com, you have uh-huh. Marjorie Phelps. Phelps. like the swimmer, swimmer Michael Phelps. <laughs> there we go. I'm horrible yeah. <laughs> with the last name, so I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But you have it's a, okay. a Carlin books that's right there for your children to download. Yeah, free, absolutely free. I'm not capturing email addresses. A lot of people will want something that's free, and they have to sign away their life with the email. No, just go on there, click on the link, download the PDF, print as many as you want, share them with family and friends. I created this little cartoon character named Harmony to teach children about their bodies. And a follow-up spinoff of that is a book called Halo's Glow, which has got Harmony in it, and Halo is his sidekick. Harmony is a caricature of the human cell. Now, when I first okay. created this coloring book many years ago, a fellow up in uh, Philadelphia sent me a letter, and he said I was having dinner with my children after they got the Harmony coloring book, and my 10-year-old kept looking at his thumb during dinner. And I said, what are you looking at your thumb for? What are you, what's going on? He said, I decided that's a good place to keep Harmony so I can remember how I'm supposed to eat. That is a very cute uh, story. <laughs> so he, you know, he would look at Harmony and think, "Oh, yeah, that's I need to eat healthy because Harmony doesn't like sugar and colas." You know, so <laughs> you know, I do what I can. I I try to make my contribution to the world in my own little way. That's all we can do is just be ourselves and do what we can. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I also see that you have a juicy, joyful life was also an Amazon bestseller. Right. I was a co-author on that. 
my story is on page 27 in that book, and there's links to that on my websites, too. Um, it was a really interesting story how I got to participate in that project. But, yeah, it was an Amazon hot number one bestseller in uh, happiness and spirituality when it came out. That is a terrific honor. Any bestseller mm-hmm. is an honor to get to, especially uh-huh. nowadays when it's so hard to get there. Right, right. Yeah, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> no, you have a you have a movie that's waiting to be produced. That's your claim for fame. If anyone comes and gets it to be produced, there's so many yeah, ways would, to get it. It would done. really make a good story. It's a story back took place in Atlanta. It's all over Atlanta in the in the, in the 1980s. Um, it end it ends with something very profound with. Emma, the protagonist, having this vision, and a few years later, that vision came true for the city of Atlanta. It, it was, it was foreboding. Let me just put it like that. So, okay. um, when that happened, I thought, "Wow!" <laughs> Here, I mean, it can't be any better documented than what I told my parents at college. And he, he not only tape recorded all of our sessions, he also videotaped them. So it's very well that, documented when I told him, when I told him. And then when things would later happen, it was like, oh, wow. Maybe you need to get the word there. out about Yeah, that, that book really needs to be made into a movie. So I hope there's a producer out there somewhere in our listening realm that can pick up the book and run with it, get a hold of well, you thanks. and really sit down and get that. On, on the screen, because that's really a made for either Lifetime, Hallmark, or even HBO at this point. Oh well, thank that, you. That I, I think it would be too. It, and the main and the main thing is is for what people can learn from it. Like I say, I'm not unique. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of, have, a lot of my friends and other people have read the book, and they'll call me and they'll say, "How? First thing I want to know about that book is how did you survive it? How did you survive that three-year ordeal?" And I tell them I survived it because I had to write the story. There you go. Mm-hmm. You find a lot of ways to survive things you normally think you can't survive just by writing, and I I hear that a lot with authors. Something happens within their life, and they take to writing as a way to escape or to heal from whatever their ordeal is at that time. That is so true. See, that's how I got into health writing. I majored in journalism in college, but never did anything with it. I went back to college, got an associate degree in accounting, and made my life, my living doing accounting and bookkeeping. But in 1990, my mom, who was a retired medical and scientific illustrator for the CDC, was killed by prescription drugs, proper use of prescription drugs. Of course, we didn't have the, the Internet in 1990, so I had to spend a lot of hours in libraries reading about ADR's adverse drug reactions and how many people were killed by proper use of prescription drugs, and it was appalling. And I thought, my mom died. She tried to make the whole world healthy, and you can still Google her name. She's all over the Internet, even though she died before the Internet got as big as it is now. But 
within. My brother wanted to sue somebody. I said, we're not going to sue anybody, but the Lord will provide an avenue to right a wrong. And five years later, my first health book was published. And I've been writing about health and wellness since. (laughs) Yeah, suing people isn't always the answer. It might give you a temporary moment of, I got you, but it doesn't always Mm -hmm. give you the answer. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting, when, when people sue for a personal injury, they are setting themselves up from lifelong disability. Because the mind, does, if you tell the mind, I am disabled, it's you're going to be disabled. And if you're yes. suing somebody for personal injury, you're saying, I'm disabled. Yes. And you get money for being disabled, so you're not going to get well. No, you don't. But if you're forgiving no. and let go of it and find something productive to do out of it, like I did with my mom, I've been writing and publishing about health for the last twenty over 25 years, because of her death, it gave mm-hmm. purpose to her death and continued her work because, she, like I say, when she worked for CDC, her work went all over the world in the name of health. And so I've kind of continued in a different vein. I'm trying to make health education for children entertaining because nobody's making it fun. We can't browbeat no, our kids with, and eating. No, and what's um, taught in school is horrible. Hmm. What's taught for health, healthy eating and stuff like that, it's just horrible how it's presented. No one listens to it, no one finds it fun, and no one takes to the lessons. Right. I mean, I've even had a little song written about eating healthy. Yeah. Let harmony begin with me from head to feet. And what I eat, so I'll be strong my whole life long. Let harmony begin with me. That's the first they need to teach that, that in schools. They really do. Yeah, I know so, there's, so kids there's up teachers listening right now. I've done presentations to as many as 500 kids, and I've got them all standing up singing the harmony song. That really needs to be taught in their school, mainstream schools right now. Mm-hmm. With everything going on with obesity and other childhood-related health problems caused from poor eating habits. Right. Well, your children have high cholesterol be... now. They have heart disease. They've it, got type 2 just... diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is directly related to your diet. It's not like type 1 where you're born with a problem with your pancreas. Type 2 is 100% due to the way you eat. It is sad to see the kids suffer, but at the same time, the parents aren't educated in what to feed the kids. They're just buying whatever cheap, handy, and there you go. Right. And what I try to tell people is it's actually more economical to eat healthy than it is to eat to eat uh, quick, quick, quick food like oh, McDonald's French fries because a, a nutritionally dense food, you don't need as much of it because your body's satisfied. Exactly. So, you know, if you eat a salad that's really rich in nutrients, like I had spinach salad for lunch with some walnuts on it, I was stuffed. I had a small bowl of spinach, raw spinach, organic spinach. Probably cost me 15 cents. 
So I did something good for my body, and I didn't spend a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. Sick, eat wrong. <laughs> when you when you factor in the cost of poor of medical cost for eating poorly, you're not eating cheap. You're eating very expensive when you eat bad food. Yes, and I agree with that 100%. I try to eat as healthy as I can, fresh foods, boneless, skinless meats, don't eat a lot of beef, but I also do health supplements to get the extra nutrients that I'm not getting. Right. Now, I take a lot of supplements. I'm I'm almost 74 years old. People say, you don't sound 74. I say, well, I don't feel 74. And they say, well, what about your drugs? What do you take? I said, I don't take drugs. I do not take pharmaceutical drugs. I take supplements. There you go. But I believe how healthy I am. Yeah, I was three years ago on 15 medications. I found my health supplements, which is Plexus. That's what just what I take. And I have not taken any prescription drugs in three years. Wow, that's great. I, just, I tell people all the time when I do my health talks, because I do do health talks around to different organizations, hmm? do you really think the Lord would have sent us here to live on the face of this earth without giving us everything on the earth that we need for health and wellness? Of course not. You know, we don't need all these chemicals that we're consuming, and that's what most pharmaceutical drugs are, or it's just concocted chemicals. A, a lot of them are plant-based, but what they do is they mimic the molecule of the plant that's active in the body and they create an artificial one which is why it doesn't have the same benefits in the body and then it causes side effects yeah the average you pharmaceutical have, drug is four to 14 side effects in your body yeah you take one pill then you have to take another pill to counteract the side effects to that pill then you take another one and it's just a chain uh-huh and what what good is is the medicine really doing exactly in the long term? Most pharmaceutical drugs only treat symptoms, which is another thing I try to teach people. They treat they treat the symptom. They very few pharmaceutical drugs effect a cure. Think about it. If you're taking a cholesterol medication, that drug is not curing you of high cholesterol because you're. They tell you you need to take it for the rest of your life, which is baloney. You don't. If you've got a very serious infection, you better get an antibiotic. An antibiotic is going to wipe out an infection. That's a cure. You get over the infection and you're fine again. You don't need to keep taking the antibiotic. But all these long-term drugs, all these ailments that we have, most of which have come about, you know, in the last hundred years or so because of our poor diets. I mean, when I was a child, I knew... From the time I was a child until I was a young adult, I only knew two people who had cancer nice. on the street where At I least. moved recently. There were five people that had cancer within ten houses. So, you know, what are we doing to our bodies? <laughs> yes, we're making them they're toxic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I would love to have more time with you because I love this conversation, but our time's almost over. I do apologize. 
But That's quite all right. Like, it's been wonderful talking to you. Yeah, this has been a very informative, delightful conversation. And, again, you can find everything that we're talking about today on MarjorieFelps.com, and you can find all the books and hopefully all your contact information as well. Yes, it's all on there, M-A-R-G-E-R-Y, Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S, dot com, just like the swimmer. He's Michael, and I'm Marjorie. (laughs) I didn't mention my new book. It's a reincarnation workbook. It's a workbook for people that can't afford expensive therapy to go through and try to identify past life things going on in their current lives. And I've sent it to some friends in England and France, and they're just freaking out over this. Oh, my God, there's absolutely nothing in the world like this. It's called Crossing the Bridge from Life to Life. Because I see our transition back and forth from Earth to our eternal home is just you go across the bridge, and you cross the bridge numerous times. So I call it Crossing the Bridge. And well, so there's a picture of bridge on the front. There's pictures of bridges throughout the book. It's a real pretty little, it's a real pretty, if you'd like one, I'll send you the PDF so you don't have to pay for it. Please. Okay. You're right. Should I send it? Of lightanddark.com, if you can send it there, and I will go through because I love doing workbooks and things like that. Okay. I will send you the PDF of it so you'll have it. All right. So for today's episode, I leave you with healthy eating habits, I hope, and maybe it's producers out there for a wonderful book that needs to be made into a TV movie. And oh, I'll well, talk great. to Thank everyone. You. You're welcome. And I'll talk to everyone in Atlanta again tomorrow. And happy reading. And thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone.